G'day and welcome to Perco's Podcast, a podcast all about strategy, leadership and soul care. We're here to help you obtain your personal, professional and spiritual goals without losing your soul. We hope that today's episode is refreshing and gives you a new perspective. Now here's your host, Jason Perkins. Well, g'day everyone and welcome to episode 11, part one of Perco's Podcast. I hope you're having a ripper day wherever you find yourself tuning in from. We absolutely love hearing from people that listen to the show from all around the world. So if you have a question for us or if you'd just like to connect, we'd love to hear from you. In fact, stick around to the end of the show today and I'll share with you some specific details on how you can connect with us online. Well, my guest on the podcast today is an incredible leader. Tim Hanna and I actually have some stories throughout our lives that have intersected, but we never got to meet. And so I actually had the privilege of having a cup of coffee together with Tim a few weeks ago prior to recording the podcast. And after meeting him, I was even more thrilled that I was able to have him as a guest on the show. In part one of my conversation today with Tim, we're going to discuss all things related to leadership, especially if you're a leader of an organization, you're going to find it really helpful. Which, let's be honest, many of us are leading organizations, even though we don't necessarily realize it or recognize it, like your family, for instance, is an organization. And Tim shares some important information about culture and alignment. And specifically, he talks about how understanding your why, keeping it simple, and keeping it at the forefront of your organization is so important to organizational culture and alignment. I can't wait to share that conversation with you in just a moment. But before we dive into the conversation with Tim today, I want to tell you about who is my next guest on the podcast. Ashley Fell is a social researcher, author, TEDx speaker, and director of communications at the McKindle Group. She recently co-authored a book with a previous podcast guest of mine, Mark McCrindle, called Work Wellbeing. I actually just finished reading my copy of the book this week, and I can't wait to share my conversation that I had with Ashley with you in the coming weeks on the podcast. Well, let me remind you of who my guest is today on the show. Tim Hanna has spent 30 years in local church ministry here in Australia, leading local churches in a number of different states, as well as lecturing at theological colleges and in church leadership with the Willow Creek Australia Association. He spent his last 10 years, though, as the CEO of Compassion Australia. I recently had the privilege of getting together with Tim for coffee, and I'm excited to share his wisdom from years of ministry with all of you. Well, without further ado, here is part one of my conversation with my good friend, Tim Hanna. Tim, so great to have you on Perco's podcast, mate. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. Thanks for having this conversation with me. How are you doing today? Jase, thanks for having us on. really appreciate it. Yeah, doing well. It's a uh, sunny morning, but cold in, uh, in Brisbane, Queensland, but it's, been, it's, it's good. So thanks for having us on. Look forward to it. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm thrilled that uh, we actually are doing this via Zoom, but we don't live that far away from each no. other, probably only about 45 minutes or so from each other. But it is a chilly start to the day in <laughs> Queensland, which is unusual for us. When, yeah. You know, I moved... I moved to Queensland to get out of the cold of Colorado in the United States, and, and it's not working out for me this morning, but that's okay. Well, hey, Queensland, mate, winter, I, Queensland winters are just beautiful normally, but it's just a bit of a oh, chilly day. They are spectacular. I'm, I shouldn't be complaining, that's for sure. 
Hey, I'm going to um, dive into a, uh, a short little series <laughs> of questions, mate, for people to get to know you. Um, yeah. We have people that listen to the podcast literally from around the world, people in Europe and South America, North America, here in Australia, obviously, and even in Asia. And so I would love for you to share in just a moment a little bit of your story, because I think people are going to be familiar with um, one of the organizations you've worked with, Compassion International. Yeah. Um, but may not be as familiar with your story, but I'd love for them to to hear a little bit of that. But before we get to that, we're just going to get to know you a little bit through some of your preferences. So I've got a short list of questions um, that I want to ask you either or, and you just tell us what first comes to mind. So here's the first one. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. You're a big coffee fan, aren't you? I do enjoy good coffee. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Apple or PC? Apple at the moment. Apple. I knew we could be good friends, that's for sure. Beaches or mountains, mate? Uh, beaches. Okay. You're, you live in a good spot for that, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, right. It's good. Not too far away. Uh, yeah. Dogs or cats? Oh, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Please, <Okay>. dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That one always, I find that yeah. that one's always a little bit polarizing. That's, yeah, that's for sure. That's right. I'm sure it is. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? Oh, that's a hard one. Probably Netflix. Okay. Um, call or text? Uh, call. Okay. Yep. Uh, podcast or music? Podcast. Yeah. yeah. That's a great response. Yeah, that's a good answer, right? right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes I get guests who say music. I'm like, wait a second. You're not helping the cause here. <laughs> um, what about when it comes to uh, food? Are you a hamburger or a taco guy? Look, I quite, there's not much food I don't like, but I'd probably go with hamburger. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite? You have a favorite hamburger joint here in, in Brisbane? There's a couple grills, not bad, but you can get some local places that really build it up well, yeah, <laughs> too yeah. well. A, a good Aussie burger with the lot—that's absolutely that's not a bad. It's hard way to, to beat. Go with hard to beat. Bit of some beetroot and beetroot, some uh, yep. some egg and some pineapple. Grilled pickles, it's, the other lot. Oh, put it all on, love it. Um, passenger or driver, mate? A uh, better driver, I think. Okay, and then when you go to the... passengers, may not agree, but I would feel better driving. <laughs> We won't ask your wife that question. No, that's a good yet. question. That's good. Um, what about when you go to the movies? Are you a lollies guy or a popcorn guy? No, I'm a lollies. Don't really like popcorn, but I'm a lollies man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Saver or spender? Oh, gee, I think I'm probably a spender, I think, which is just as well my wife's a saver, but I'm a, I'm a spender, I think. Yeah, okay. I find it interesting that somehow we get paired up with somebody yeah, that helps right. to balance just, us just out. Just as well. Just as well. Yeah, exactly. What about shopping? When it comes to shopping, rather go in the store or online? No, I'd rather go in the store, I think. Okay. And then workplace, would you rather work alone or on a team? I'd rather work on a team, but I do enjoy time alone, but I'd rather work at something on a team. Okay. And then the, um, the one that everybody just wonders about, I'm sure... When it comes to toilet paper, are you an over or an under guy? Oh, I'm an How under guy. Re- no, I'm an under You're guy. You're an under. That, that's a deal breaker. It's a deal breaker. You've got to make sure that toilet roll is <laughs> yeah, put that's on right. correctly. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Tim, I know there are many people listening that probably are familiar with who you are and maybe a little bit of your story because of your work um, with Compassion here in Australia. But I would love it, mate, if you would just fill in for those that maybe are not as familiar with your story. Maybe just fill us in on your ministry experience over the years here in Australia. You've been in churches, you've been in not-for-profit world, you've even um, lectured at colleges, that sort of thing. And and I couldn't believe it when we first met 
that I found out that we have the same hometown, like mm. literally um, the same hometown back in South Australia and Adelaide. So just give us a brief overview of who Tim Hanna is and how God has, you know, kind of allowed your journey to develop. Yeah, well, let, let me start there. I mean, I came out to Australia when I was nine as a migrant with my family. I was nine years of age, born in Ireland, um, Belfast, Northern Ireland. And we grew up, in, grew up in Adelaide and particularly in Elizabeth, which is a migrant city. It was set up for migrants, basically. And so grew up there. It's a pretty tough place. Went to primary school, high school there. My family had no connection with church, really. We nominally Protestant. We come from Ireland, you're either Catholic or Protestant. Nominally Protestant, but nobody practiced. And, and so we had no connection with church. Grew up, high school, went to university, studied economics, met my wife at university. And okay. uh, so we married fairly young. I was... Uh, 20 she was 18 told wow. my kids don't even think about don't even think about that early but we did <laughs> and uh and then after a couple of years of marriage as i said we went didn't have any background we just started to get a bit restless and my wife particularly first but then myself saying there's got to be something more so started yeah. to explore christian faith and and yep. uh we both gave our lives to the lord two years after we were married um in the same week but at different times for which i'm extremely grateful yeah. And then we just soaked it up, really. We started going to a little local church uh, yeah. near where we were, the Elizabeth Church of Christ, and that was terrific, and people loved us and cared for us, and we were the youngest couple there, and yeah. it, was just, it was just a great experience. A couple of years after that, I just felt I didn't know enough, and I was helping lead a youth group, and um, okay. there were kids in that youth group who, for church families, knew a lot more than I did about the Bible, so I was going to go to Bible college for a year. Yeah. Um, so I went to the Church of Christ College in Melbourne. We moved across with our family, and um, so uh, we we studied. I studied there, thinking initially I was going to go for a year and go back to that church. But I did the whole four year course, did a theology wow. degree, and yeah. had my first ministry in a local church in Perth, a place called Kalamunda Church of Christ, in yep. the hillside suburb of Perth, which was fantastic. Was there for eight years, okay. and then I, I I taught in the Church of Christ College in Sydney uh, yeah. for a couple of years in. In, uh, particularly in practical theology, leadership, preaching, that sort of stuff. Then I had the sort of the call of the wild back to local church ministry again. I pastored a yeah. church in Berwick, Victoria, okay. um, there for five years. And again, went back and taught at the same college. The principal there's a great, great friend, and he invited me back. And uh, I went back for another couple of years. And then um, moved from West, uh, New South Wales, where I was then, to Queensland, changed states, changed denominations. Uh, pastored a church called Gateway Baptist Church in Brisbane for 10 and a half years um, and then left there uh, after 10 and a half years. Great. Just felt, you know, it was time to move. Didn't know where. It's the first time I've ever left somewhere without knowing where I was going. And it was kind of both freeing and um, nerve-wracking at the same time. And then Compassion came along and offered me a role, a new role in in terms of church direction, church leadership um, within Compassion I did that for a year and a half and then left because I was still working in, living in Brisbane, trying to work in Newcastle. That was yep. difficult. So I left for a year, a year and a bit left, uh, and led up Willow Creek, Australia for a year. I was on yeah, the board yep. there and they asked me to lead that for a year. So I did and then came back in as the CEO of Compassion. So the last yep. 10 and a half years, um, being with Compassion. And it was like a, a convergence role for me, the gospel, the church, the poor, all in one role, which I absolutely loved. And I kind of retired from that in February this year. So, yeah, and yeah so here I am. So, and that's that's a thumbnail sketch of Tim Hanna, the little Irish boy. I love it. And you, um, 
Tim, you got out just in time for COVID oh, to hit. Wow. Unbelievable timing. I, I know. And I look, to be honest with you, I felt a bit guilty about that to start with. And, and Did you? Okay. It's, it was the right timing for me. I just knew it was the right timing to... To, to move but uh yeah. yeah i did feel a bit bad about it for a start and i got a good team there so that's great yeah no it's fantastic listen mate this uh the podcast is all about helping people reach their goals mm-hmm. um, personal professional spiritual goals strategic goals but at the same time not losing their souls you know the yep. concept there is that a lot of people have reached many goals over the years yep. but in the meantime they lost their soul and so perhaps did they really reach any goals at all if yeah, they yeah. lost their soul? You know, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Yeah. You know, what's the worth of your soul? So I would love for the beginning of the conversation, if you would just focus a little bit on your time in churches, not-for-profit organizations and, and leadership roles, to just maybe unpack some of the tools that you've come across that have helped organizations identify their goals, their strategic goals, and perhaps then some of the strategies that you've seen to be effective in reaching those goals, if you have any tools or ideas that come to mind. Yeah, look, I, I think even even before your goal, you need to look at your why, and, and your why can be, it can be your, your first and foremost goal. So why do I exist? Why, why does this organization exist? Why does this church exist? It was a bit easier with compassion because it was a very simple why. We wanted to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. That was it. But with local churches, it can be a bit more difficult because it's not a question of why does the church exist because you can look at this great scriptural background for that. But why does your church exist? So you've got to get that why into place before before you actually start to get look at KPI goals because yes. you have to come back to why all the time. When you, when you come to a challenge or a crisis, for example, like now, um, you have to come back to the why because there's so many things to do and so many other causes and so many other bits to, to, to fill in. So I think the why is really important and then set some goals. And I think the ways to, to keep those uh, at the forefront, that's important with a, an organisation or a church staff or a church congregation, to keep those things at the forefront. So you've got to communicate the why continually yeah sometimes it's to the point where you feel sick of it sick of communicating yeah. it because you know it well at that point of time you're probably just getting to the right level when you're yeah. sick of it probably yeah. other people need to hear it and, and and so that's that's really important and and to make it to make the the why simple i don't mean simplistic but simple because yeah. the more complex you make your why the more difficult it is simplicity and passion are, are, are so connected together but complexity kills passion and the difficulty is you don't drift into simplicity you tend to drift into complexity so you've got to be intentional about the why so it's communicating it telling good stories about why your why matters and things that have happened out of your why so i would go to that place and say we've got to communicate well got to tell the stories you've got to keep it before people even if you know it well you still got to keep it out there yeah, no, that's great, Tim. So really starting with your why, yep. and then one of the things that you mentioned that I think is so incredibly important is keeping it simple, yep. but then but then keeping it in front of people as well yep. constantly. And creative yep. ways to do that through storytelling and, and other things than just you know simply stating why we exist every time you get up in front of everyone. Yeah, yeah it's basically like that, yeah. Yeah. Anything that you have found to be helpful then when when organizations are creating their goals 
as far as strategies that actually help them to achieve those things? Is there anything you've found over the years that you found uniquely helpful? Look, I, th- I think it's easier to keep your why clear if you've got a good culture in the organization. Yep. So I think culture's gold. I think if you can build good cultural values, this is how we're going to... And cultural values are not just about them. Well, they're not about the, the organization's aim. That's out there. But cultural values are about how we're going to operate together. Yeah. And to develop cultural values that... Um, we're all going. We're all in this together. We want to do it. So when when the why is continually communicated, we're go, we're going to do that together. We're aligned well. So I think, you know, leadership, culture, alignment, good teams, yep. all on the same page. They're kind of the framework I think for any church, for any organisation, not for profit or even business. I think that healthy framework will make a difference. And I think as a leader, you have to be on the page too. You have to be modelling what we're about and yeah. what the goals are, what the why is, how, how it fits in with your own why. And I think that's, that's important to make sure you're growing as a leader um, in, in that space. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that, Tim, because I think that, that that is absolutely critical. Most of us as leaders are not just leading an organization, mm. but we're oftentimes le- we have to lead ourselves first oh, yeah. before we can lead an organization. Quite <laughs> frankly, if we're not leading ourselves well, then it's impossible for us to lead an organization or to lead others well. And and I find that that is particularly important in the in the framework or in the structure of our homes. So leading ourselves well, but leading our families well. You've you've obviously you've got a large family. Congratulations, by the way, nine kids, twenty four grandkids. That's impressive in and of itself. That's, <laughs> that's an accomplishment. That's a, there's another church. That's it. You've already planted a church. So, um, so talk to us though about how did you see that type of thing, like finding your why, play out for you personally, but also in the context of your family. Yeah, look, I'm not sure I. Grabbed, grabbed it early on in ministry you know I'm a few years on now and I've probably only more recently had understood what how I operate best and have words to articulate it best whereas I think I did it then but didn't know why I did what I did and so yeah. discovering your own particular why and your own particular calling is really important in terms of family I, I'm, I'm not sure to be very honest I'd love to be able to say I had that nailed right from the beginning and I did it well and I was great but I probably overbalanced in terms of ministry and relied on my wife overly, which and she was yeah. very capable. And the difficulty with capable people, sometimes we put even more responsibility than we should. Yeah. So I, I probably put more onto her and focused on church. And you know, it's worked okay. But gee, I, when I when I think about it, I put I wasn't fair for her. So yeah, but but, but you know, we, we we got there. I think discovering your own why and your own purpose is 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 again gold it's really important i think it's not easy to do that i think i've just i've probably in more recent years been able to articulate what my purpose what my calling is and yes. uh and and even to be able to carry that out in your family so that's that's a that's an important part you you can't you can't separate the two really we want we sometimes talk about work-life balance as if it's hours here and hours there I yeah. found it's much better to think in terms of seasons and rhythms. Uh, okay. Where where is the focus need to be right now? Yeah, Tim, unpack that concept that you just talked about seasons and rhythms a little bit. Maybe what are some practical ways you've seen that play out? Because I I agree with you. 
there is this misconception out there that you just count up, you know, 20 hours here and 20 hours there and all of a sudden you've got work-life balance or something. But this idea of seasons and rhythms, I think that's really important. Could you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, look, I think think the minute you start counting, watching the clock and counting down the hours here, there and doing my job here and then doing my role here and, you know, my own personal space that needs time, I think once you do that, you are, you're kind of, so pulled apart and you whereas we're we're whole beings and so my whole being is a minister is ministry it's family it's personal time it's a whole bus you know recreational time it's all of that and so it, it's important to be able to w- see the times and the seasons the scriptures talk about watch the times and the seasons because it could be a time which is very um uh intense for the church you got to go through this season it's a tough season it's hard so i may have to actually emphasize more time in that space but it could yeah. be a time where there is um and and you trust your family to understand that you can't play it too far or else it's it's, it's it just goes yeah. on forever but yeah. i think there's other also times when there's family needs and then you know it could be sickness or it could be you know a need or, or or some sort in your family and you realize that's what my priority needs to be in the next 48 hours you know 24 and and you have to do that and we have to understand ourselves as 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 integral human beings rather than just compartmentalized human beings so it's it's really crucial to understand the seasons and to build rhythm into your life and my rhythm might need to be i really need to be here present for this you know crucial time where i would normally not be whether it's church or family or whatever and i think it's 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 discovering that and being 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 okay with that in yourself and those who work around you being okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us, Tim, a little bit about leadership in an organization. I know, you know most organizations have an org chart that has a CEO at the top and you know some vice presidents or some directors of different departments or divisions and then managers under them and, and so on and so forth. In Mark 10, Jesus called us to a different style of leadership, which some people would refer to that first style of an org chart as kind of a top-down leadership. And yeah. Jesus yeah. introduced his followers to this idea of, you know, if you want to be first, you need to be last. If you want to be the leader, you need to serve. Um, and some people have referred to that as kind of a bottom-up leadership. I, from my little bit of time being around you, I've sensed that you believe in servant leadership but you also not just believe in it it's something that you try to practice as well could you maybe share from your time at compassion or even time in in local church ministry some practical ways you've seen servant leadership actually play itself out in an organization yeah look i think i think that the day and time of an autocratic leader is probably diminishing greatly the person who stands at the front and says i know it all let's go People sometimes just feel in that sort of leadership that they are fodder for one person's vision. And okay. you don't want that. You want people to... And when, when stuff is imposed upon people, you get compliance. But when people are part of it, you get ownership. And in any yeah. organisation or church or not-for-profit, you want people to own the why, not just comply with it and feel yep. fodder. So, so I think that's I think that's crucial. I think Jesus is a great a great model for that. So, I would want to engage people right at the beginning in their cultural values. So it's not like here's what here's how we're going to live together. Get it? If you don't do it, you're in trouble. It's how do we together um, 
dilute between us all um, how we're going to live, what are the values we're going to have. And I think that's, that's really important. I think the other thing is being other-centred. So I genuinely believe that I wanted people who worked at Compassion I didn't mind. Whether, I didn't know whether they were there for six weeks, six months, six years, sixteen years. I wanted them to leave a bigger person than when they started. So I wanted them to be a yeah. bigger person of themselves. You know, the, to grow. And I think people look to a leader, and they they kind of decide: Does this person have have more for me than they want from me? And I think yeah. that's a that's a question to ask: Does this does this leader want just do they want some stuff from me, or do they want, have they have have they got something for me? And I think servant leadership really has means I've got it's other centered. I want something. For, I want you to be the best version of you you can be, and you've got to obviously put time and effort and, and, and into that as well. So I, I think servant leadership is crucial, but it doesn't it doesn't take away from having to make tough decisions. It doesn't yep. make some away from. You know, having to hard make hard calls and hard conversations, but I think it actually it's other centered. And and the other thing is, I think when you're getting people around you, one of the things I think is crucial is to get people to do the role you want them to do better than you would do it yourself. Yeah. So you don't want people who just you know subservient to you in the, in their abilities and capacities, so that you're always looking over their shoulder and looking over their their, their back to see if they're doing it right. I want people in an executive team, for example, who will do their job better than I would do their job. Yeah. And that way, you have to be a servant to them. You have to resource them because they're, they're better at it than you are. So there's a whole, whole bunch of things, I think, which, which feed into that. Yeah. I'm so grateful early on in my years of leadership, I had somebody um, in maybe not the kindest of ways, but they, they identified <laughs> to me. Perko, they, they were like, you're really good at probably two or three things. <laughs> and you're going to need to build a team around you of people that are far better at these other areas than yeah, you are. Than you and are. that's that has stuck with me for a long, long period of time. But Tim, I think it's so valuable what you, you said, that if you can be others-centered and others-focused by having something that you want for them, rather than just knowing what you want from them. I think that's so valuable as kind of the baseline of an others-centered mindset is, what do I want for this person and make that greater than anything that I could get from them? Well, people so pick that good. up like that. They, they just, they know that straight away. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, what a great start to the conversation with Tim Hanna. I love the emphasis he places on leading people in a way that you genuinely show how much you want something for them as a leader rather than focusing on what you can get from them really letting them know how much you want for them i absolutely love that i also value tim's insights on seasons of life and ministry and how some seasons will be more intense in one area of life than another area and to really pay attention to that to give permission to yourself and to others to take care of things that are necessary in that particular season even if that is not including the work that they're doing for the organization that you're leading. That was a fantastic start to the conversation. To ensure you don't miss part two of the conversation and other conversations like this one, make sure you go to my website, jasonperkoperkins.com and sign up for the weekly email. I want to remind you, we will not inundate you with emails every day. We just want to keep you up to date when shows release or 
you can just simply hit that subscribe button on the podcast platform that you listen to the podcast on. As always, I'd love to hear from you if you are finding these conversations helpful in feeding your soul. Like one listener, John Adams, who recently said the podcast is relevant, timely, and impactful. Thanks, John, for those kind words of review. That's what this podcast is all about. We want to help people reach their goals without losing their soul. We love hearing from people like John who listen to this podcast, so be sure to connect with us online through our website or social media handles, which are Jason Perko Perkins, or just send me a good old-fashioned email. My email address is really simple. It's just hello at jasonperkoperkins.com. Also, if you, like John, are finding these podcasts helpful, we would love it if you would share it with others who would find these conversations helpful as well. Another way you can get the word out like John did is to leave us a rating and a review on your preferred podcast platform. All of those things help us to get these great conversations to as many people as possible. Our dream here at the podcast is really simple. We just want to see a generation of leaders reach their goals and at the same time hear them say, it is well with my soul. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I look forward to connecting with you online this week and sharing part two of this conversation with Tim Hanna with you next week. Until then, cheers. You've been listening to Perco's podcast. Join us next time for more insights on strategy, leadership, and soul care to help you reach your personal, professional, and spiritual goals while at the same time not losing your soul. In the meantime, make sure to connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.